It was a miracle, defying any sense of logic or reason. The heavens poured into the earth in the form of a small child. And suddenly, God was among us as living flesh. I say against all logic because none of this made any sense. All these visions of angels in the heavens, of older women giving birth to prophets and younger women giving birth to divinity, stars and angels in the night sky pointing the way, none of this made a bit of sense. And it may feel a bit um, navel-gazy to ask the question, to start by asking, well, if that's all against, against all logic, then what is logic anyway? That may seem a little philosophical and probably more than I should handle since I clearly can't even start with the right colic this morning. And yet it seems to me this is precisely where John was going when he kicks off his gospel with an account of the word, the logos, coming into the world. John, of course, he would have known about the nativity story. He, he would have, but there he widens the lens. He takes us up to 30,000 feet and then far beyond that to give us a view of what this universe that God has created really looks like now that we can see it through the lens of the Incarnation. So, hoping you have had enough coffee this morning and maybe a little bit of holiday chocolate to go with it, I'm going to ask the hard question, what is logic anyway? Well, perhaps when you think of logic, you think of the Vulcan Spock the always rational executive officer of the Enterprise from the original Star Trek, whose cold intellect suggested someone who was lacking in compassion and empathy. Spoiler alert, he was not, but you have to watch a whole lot of the movies before you learn that. Perhaps logic makes you think of those if-then exercises that boil complex ideas down to a kind of symbolic arithmetic to help you make decisions a little bit better. Perhaps logic means a way of thinking and processing that allows us to build consensus. Well, yes, logic is all of those things, but to the first century mind, it would have meant two more things as well. Now, first century Palestine was a great crossroads of cultures, and the two that we know the most about, Greek and Judaic, shaped the early Christian mind. And those two perspectives are right there in the first line of the gospel. In the beginning was the word, the logos. The Word was with God, and indeed, the Word was God. In Hellenic thought, Logos was a way of thinking about the whole world, how the planets aligned, how the seasons changed, and how the human mind worked. Logos was how the Greeks thought about everything in the natural order, from hypotenuses to hippos. Now, in the Jewish mind, Logos aligned a little more closely with divine logic, 
with the word of God that they knew from Scripture and tradition, a word that was generative, that, that created the heavens and the waters and the beasts in the field, a word that was still active in the world today, dividing seas and writing commandments and shattering armies, a word that expressed a particular love for the people. We know that a word creates meaning. It can express love or hate. It can allow us to see another human being. A word can allow us to explore the depth and meaning of faith. A word, once uttered, colors in a new reality and cannot be unsaid. Words may not be final, but their creative force can be constructive or generative or destructive. It can be toxic, but it can be reconciling as well. In the beginning was the Word. Rather than seeing the birth of Christ as a kind of miraculous aberration from the logic of the world, John takes that moment and teaches us to see the whole world from creation all the way up to whatever happened yesterday and whatever is going to happen tomorrow. He helps us to see all of that through the lens of the incarnation of Jesus. What we see in that choir of angels that shows up in the field is not a moment when we lowly humans were treated to a surprise visit from another world, one which is far more sacred than this one. We were instead seeing the veil lifted so that we could see the world, the universe, the logic of eternity as it really is and as it always has been. And that logic is one of overflowing grace, a movement and love and energy that flowed into the world in in the moment of creation that animated our spirits as humankind we became aware of God and finally came to be among us in the person of Jesus. The incarnation of Christ reveals the logic of the world as it really is. One in which grace overflows every container, pouring into the world as creation and into humanity as Jesus. That logic suddenly reshapes everything, from how we love our neighbor to how we see the created world. Suddenly, we see our neighbors who are suffering as siblings in need, a part of our own family in God. Suddenly, a walk through the woods is more than just a de-stressing exercise or even a moment to enjoy nature for its own sake. Now, that walk is a prayer of thanksgiving as we see the wind and the trees not only as composites of oxygen and carbon, but as the very manifestation of God's grace 
pouring into the world, into the very same time and space into which each and, uh, and every one of us were born. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a person, and all things came into being through Him. The created world, nature, if you will, all isn't simply the creatures great and small or the weather patterns that we can observe or measure or shelter from. These things are made of the same holy DNA that we meet in the manger. They too are grace from the heart of God pouring into time and space. The soil, the wind, the storm, and the ocean are all the presence and energy of God overflowing into our world. This, too, is the Word of God. Endlessly creative, destructive at times, too, but also infinite and mysterious. Luke tells us... Luke tells us the story of the infant Jesus, the miracle of the virgin birth and the star that marked the arrival. Instead of a star, John gives us an entire constellation and with it remaps the whole cosmos around that sudden and unexpected star. As Charles M. Wood tells us, though, he is pointing us not only to the logic of this new world, but to how it changed in the instant and moment of the incarnation. In the birth of Christ, the Word has decisively moved from the eternal to the temporal. The glory of God is revealed in Jesus. The logic of God is the incarnation of love. The incarnation of Christ reveals the logic of the world as it truly is, one in which grace overflows every container, pouring into the world as creation and into humanity as Jesus. Can we measure that? Can we create proof texts that map the pathways of this new creation? Well, we can try, and we might make a little bit of progress, But what we are truly called to do is to see it and to know it and to live and practice it. To love like God did in that moment of creation. To pour ourselves out for others and for the very sake of love. To be vessels of the grace itself that we now see has overflowed into space and time. In the person and presence of of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.